Hello, and welcome to the Design for Greatness podcast, conversations with Candace to help you elevate your mind, body, and spirit, and own your divine greatness. Today, you have episode number 13, my interview with Alice Wambui. Alice is from Kenya, and I cannot wait for you guys to listen to her story. She has a compelling story that absolutely touches your heart, and it is inspiring because she is on a quest to end ignorance and abuse around menstruation. She is championing women, young and old, and helping lead a movement to to help them understand their femininity and break down the barriers that women are faced with, especially in Kenya, but all around the world. So welcome, Alice. I'm so grateful that you're here to talk to us today. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm excited and I'm grateful for this opportunity to share. I met Alice when I was in Kenya this summer, and we had this incredible connection. The very second I met you, it was like fireworks between us. It was like we were so bent to talk to each other and to understand each other and to have this moment of um, just woman to woman empowerment. And it felt so amazing. Um, So first, Alice, I would love to have you just tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so as you mentioned, um, Alice Wamboy from Kenya. Honestly, it was just a divine connection from the beginning with you, Candice. And uh, I remember that day when you were doing a training in that school, meeting you, like I didn't want the conversation to end. So I'm so glad that we we connect again and we keep in touch. So I run an enterprise called Smilestad Days for Girls. It is a social enterprise that work under the larger Days for Girls International umbrella. And our main focus is just to break the shame and stigma around menstruation. And we focus on uh, restoring dignity to girls and women across the world. And at the center, we have a team of 25. These are seamstresses and coordinators and health educators that we work together to make this goal come true. Yeah, it what you're doing is absolutely incredible. And when we were in Kenya for the humanitarian trip that I did with YouthLink, we were at the Miriandu school and you came and you were able to teach the girls there at the school, not only about feminine hygiene and not only were we able to give them these feminine hygiene kits that were able to be used and reused and washed and used again, enabling them to have a sustainable way to to provide for their feminine hygiene. But you also empowered them with self-defense moves and you helped help them understand the the realities of the world that they're growing up in and the way to protect themselves and to really step into their power and not allow uh, the abuse that sometimes occurs. Will you speak to that a little bit? It's really important to bring this information to these girls and women to empower them. And as you mentioned, the the, the education on self-defense, because we come from different backgrounds here, and sometimes you find girls and women being abused, they are being raped. And so when we bring this education, we are just enlightening them to understand what surrounds them, uh, what they should do, excuse me, the action they should take in case such an occurrence is happening just to understand their bodies, to appreciate who they are, and to feel their worth. 
you know, because most of the time, especially because of the African culture, most women or even girls feel like, you know, they just belong down there, you know? They just feel like, yeah, their world is down, they cannot lead, you know, because of the uh, patriarchal energy around and, and for many years. And now we are empowering these girls and women to rise and to champion, you know, for themselves and to champion for menstrual health as well. So whenever we have an opportunity to do this, we go around schools in Kenya, our communities and forums, uh, doing those workshops and uh, trainings in school, just to make sure that these girls and women feel powerful and enlightened, and that they also understand their worth and their rights as well. It's just absolutely incredible. What I have found in my work is that often, our mess becomes our message. The thing in the way becomes the way. The the thing that created the biggest trial for us ends up to be the thing that we use our gifts and strengths, our greatness to then serve the world. Will you speak to your why, why you do what you do and, and tell us your story? Yeah. <clears throat> so, you know, I like the way you put it that your mess become your message. You know, your message to change. Uh, because this is something that has happened to you maybe in the past or you've seen somebody experience and now you want to change the narrative and shed the light on the same. In my case, when I was only 12 years old, a teenage girl, um, and I come from a large family of 14 kids from one mom and dad. Wow. And I am, wow. <laughs> yes. I am the eighth child, so I always say I'm the backbone <laughs> to balance things. <laughs> and... Um, we are nine sisters and five brothers. And, you know, one brother passed on uh, and my late dad, of course. But we have a very amazing, powerful, wonderful mother that I call a queen because she has really taught us the resilience, you know, the courage, despite everything that has happened in the past. She is the most supportive human on earth. And I truly thank God for the gift of my mother. And I remember when I was 12, you know, we didn't have much. We used to walk barefoot, uh, you know, about eight kilometers or so. And my dress, I remember it was tall because, you know, we didn't have a lot. And I didn't have much information about menstruation. And uh, because in science, the teacher will just define what is menstruation. And we will be told it is the flow of blood in women. And I'm only 12 years old. So I'm thinking a woman when I'm about 20 or something, it will happen. And I didn't even know the flow of blood from where? Because of all this culture and shame and everything, not, nothing was really brought so clear to us. And so I'm just here, a 12 years old teenager, just wandering around, being happy with my life. And we were about to sit for the national exam. And, 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 and I was wondering, because this, this sharing that we are doing now is so timely because the students, they are starting their national exam on Monday. You know, they just oh, did wow. their rehearsal today. So anytime it happened, it takes me back, you know, what happened to me at that moment. And I remember sitting in a class of 300 students. This is the final exam I need to sit for, to be promoted to high school. And <clears throat> a male teacher walked in and he wrote a question on the board. And he needed somebody to stand and walk in front to respond to that question. And I remember that moment I had um, low abdomen pains, 
wondering what is happening to me. Am I getting sick? And then after some time, I, I felt that I was really wet. And so I was like, hmm, what is going on with me? So I put my hand behind there and then I just saw a lot of blood and I felt lost. It was terrible. And even just after that moment, this uh, male teacher walked towards me and he said, Ali, stand up, show them you can do this. Oh my goodness. I was hoping he would not call my name. I was known to be one of the most social, jovial, cheeky girl. I would immediately rise up and run in front to respond because I was very bright and I used to lead. But this moment I'm more groomy, I'm more dull, I'm more quiet. And then he walks towards me. I cannot stand and walk in front. And then he asked me for the second time. I'm trying to give him a facial expression to show that I was having an issue or I'm suffering, but it never clicked in his mind. So he really came closer to me and he gave me a huge slap on my face. That was terrible. Like he slapped me so heavily. And at that moment, I wished that if the ground would just open, I wanted to disappear. Oh, and I remember, so yeah, it was so terrible. And I was crying, I had a headache, my face was swollen. And then he continued teaching. And then he said, hey, Alice, after the class, you must follow me to the staff room for more punishment. So I was like, what is wrong here? And I'm in confusion. The class was, uh, was finished and some kids went out to play and some stayed. So the teacher walked and he reminded me I needed to follow him. And I remember sitting down there confused. So I decided to stand and I put a sweater around my waist. And one girl came to me because there was a big stain uh, on the desk with blood. And she said, oh, Alice, my grandmother said when you have blood like this, you are cursed. And I'm like, wow. Oh, I no, you're kidding. It was oh. terrible. And I'm wondering, I'm cursed. For what wrong have I done? And now I don't belong to anyone. I'm an outcast. Anyway, I walked outside, tying the sweater around my waist to walk to the office for more punishment. And there was a small distance between the class and the staff room. And I'm walking there. I don't have shoes. It was very dry. So even my feet was very dusty. And at this moment, I'm walking slowly and the blood is flowing through my feet and through my leg. And the kids are making fun of me. Said, wow, look at her. She pee on herself. Hey, what is that? Look at her. And I'm just surrounded with this shame, sadness, confusion. And I'm walking and, uh, and then a female teacher saw me and she said, Alice, what's wrong with you? I didn't say anything. And then she said to me, don't even go to staff room. Go back to class, pick your bag, and go home. So I am not getting support. Nobody is telling me what is happening to you. It's normal, and we're going to help you. It's totally nothing. So I really started thinking, yeah, am I cursed? And what is all this happening to me? When I was about to leave the school, again, there was a group of girls playing. And they said to me, oh, Alice, we are sorry. This will happen to you every day. And I'm like, every day? like this ah. and i said but does this happen to boys i was told no i asked why just because they were created like that I said hmm i think i want to become a boy 
And then one of them said, there is a tree you can go around eight times and you can change to become a boy. I started looking for trees. I started going with my brother to look after cows and goats in search of this tree. And I remember I did it for a long time before I realized nothing was changing. At this moment, it's all about psychological and trauma and everything in my mind going on. And I remember to take you back, when I went home that very day, I found my older sister. And immediately she saw me, she said, wow, now you are a woman. And anytime you can be pregnant. And I'm like, wow, what is this again? I'm, I'm a woman and anytime- Oh my goodness. How, how is all this happening to me? And then she sat me down, she said, okay, this is what we call menstruation. The flow of blood in girls at a certain age and it has reached your age for this to happen. And it will happen three to five days in every month. So I asked her, okay, so not every day because the girls in school told me this would happen every day. And then, so I was changing my mind slowly. And then she, I asked her, but what should I do? She said, you know, we don't have a lot here. You need to use anything. And I said, anything, anything like what? She said, you need to get a piece of uh, blanket, a piece of mattress. And remember, we used to share a bed with three of my sisters. And I have to pluck a piece of blanket, a piece of mattress. And I'm using that for my period. Wow. And I remember the second day, it was really heavy that I needed a lot. And my sisters that night, they complained because the blanket was not enough. So I could not use it anymore. And that's how my mom knew I was having my period because of the complaint between me and my sisters. And actually she didn't have much, she didn't <laughs> have much to say, even at that moment. And she just told me, this is okay. Your sister will help you. Because again, of culture and everything, this is not something you would talk to your mom direct. It's your older sister to guide you. And so when I could not use the blanket, the mattress, I had to use papers from my books. And that I can tell you, it was very uncomfortable, very traumatizing. And I sat for my national exam in that state. I used to lead in that class. Wow. I had a big dream of going to a boarding school, one of the best national schools in Kenya. But because of the period and not lacking the information and the right products to use, I was having psychological, you know, uh, trauma. And I start my exam in that Absolutely. state. So I totally failed my exam at the end. And I was the third last wow. out of 300. And I used to lead. So I became like a talking stock of the school and the community. And, you know, some people would say maybe she was getting favors from teachers. You know, why would a girl who was so bright now become almost the last one? And nobody would really understand this. So I got so angry. And I, had, I hated the fact that because of this brand, because of this situation, I failed my exam. And I hated the whole narrative. Yeah. And I remember it reached a point, just to cut my long, long story short, I went to high school. But I only had one option. And I had only only one choice to go to a school that was more than 10 kilometers a very low standard school because that's where my grade took me and I didn't have a chance to go to a boarding school I had to walk long distance through the bush closing the rivers you know 
And I remember a miracle happened when I was in that school in term one. And they invited some friends to come and teach us on the same subject. And when the teacher announced in the parade, I jumped on top of the desk and I said, yeah. And everybody thought I was insane. <laughs> you know, because of such a subject that somebody can cheer. I had a lot of questions that I needed answers. And they came, they taught us about menstruation, about puberty, about worth of our bodies and ourselves. And I said, wow, I am the happiest. I was born a girl. And from this moment, I am making a commitment. So I made my commitment when I was 16 years old. And this is the commitment that I made, that when I get my education, I want to champion for menstrual health. I want to go as far as my feet can reach, no boundaries, no limitation, to make sure that I change the narrative, yes. you know? Because I was imagining how many yes. girls and women are suffering out there without somebody rising and saying this is enough or this is, should not be done this way. And I thought, hmm, right. there is this fire within me and I must make it, you know, accelerate. There is this light within me. I must make this light shine for others. And that's why now the biggest dream of founding Smile Start Days for Girls Enterprise was born. And we were celebrating our fifth anniversary on 2nd of October. And I remember, you know, shedding tears and it was tears of joy, looking back and just looking how far we've come in five years down the line. And I'm gonna surprise you with the numbers right now. We've been able in those I'm five excited. years, we've been able to reach 82,000 girls and women across Kenya, 82,000. Apart from just girls and wow. women, we also started empowering men and boys, understanding when they are allies, they become together, you know, they, you know, they bring their power together to champion for menstrual equity. And most of the time, the fathers are the breadwinners. These boys, they have sisters and girlfriends. So if they don't understand this as a need, the abuse will co continue. And so we had to look into this involving boys and girls together and together in one voice says, there is no more shame. There is no more death. There is no more embarrassment. We must move this together. And so I'm so excited, you know, to keep on propagating this great mission of turning periods to pathway and giving girls and women an opportunity to shine and unfold their goals and vision and dreams in life. Yes. Ah. Alice, it's so, it's so inspiring. And I love that moment where you received some education and you recognize that you were actually proud to be a girl and you felt that fire within you and you wanted to ignite it and exhilarate it and, and make it become so much bigger so that you could help and no bounds. And I, I think that's so incredibly important to have those moments in life where we make a decision this far and no more this is not okay right this yeah. is not okay what happened to me and i have the gifts and the strengths and the talents inside of me to make a difference in this world and i am going to make a difference um that that moment is is critical and then staying completely adhering to that that moment giving it the credence it deserves keeping that sacred and something that continues to inspire and and help you to help others did you ever as as a 
as a 16 year old girl, knowing that you wanted to champion women and help and help with ending period shame, ending the embarrassment, ending the abuse. Did you know at that point, anything, anything as far as was there any, any way for you to do that? Or did you have to come up with all of this yourself? I remember because, you know, the promise I made at 16. So when I joined campus, when I joined university, uh, through a well-wisher who sponsored me and I went there, I was able to meet students from across Kenya, you know, from, you know, different backgrounds. And I started talking to them individually about the subject. And I was so inspired to see some young men from some of the community like Maasai that the subject you cannot easily talk about. And they're saying, please come and visit our village, come and visit our community and talk to these girls. So I approached the supervisors at the university and I requested if we could start a menstrual health club. And they were just like- Wow, oh, good for you. Yeah, you can do it. And I found some friends uh, you know, at the university from different faculties and that's how it all started. And I told them my vision. And we had a box where people were just putting their donation, either a pack of card or some monies. And then I mobilized the first team of 20 students to go with me to start the training. And the first school where we went the training, it is the same school where I suffered my shame because I really wanted to go back there and just change the whole narrative and, and, and have a fresh chapter, you know, for girls in that school. And that's where it all started. And again, I remember I was supposed to write a, a thesis, you know, a research paper. And my research paper is on the same. It reads the, the, the effects of inaccessibility of sanitary pads on girls, you know, literacy level high illiteracy level, because I'm trying to bring, to show there is a gap when girls miss edu uh, health education on this subject and they miss the pads or the product they need to use, they miss out of school. So there is absenteeism. They stay three to five days every month at home. So in, in, in Kenya, one term goes for three months. So if one month a girl is missing five days, so in three months they miss around 15 days. So can you imagine 15 learning days, a girl's missing school. Um, so I wanted to show there is a huge gap that needs to be filled, that needs to be fixed. And so that's my research paper and it's published. So if somebody just Google on the internet, they will find uh, the same subject from Ali Swamboy from Kenya, um, Mount Kenya University. And so because of this, and you know, we started at that point. And I remember we used to go to a store we buy the disposable pads, we go to a school, you know, depending on how much you've been able to raise, we reach out to girls. And in span of seven months, we had reached 2,500 girls. And I remember one day wow. I'm in an orphanage to provide the same education. And I met one lady from the USA, California, who is now my mentor. She's called Monica Da Costa, and I'm always very proud of her. When she saw what I was doing, she was like, wow, I want to support you with this. When I go back to state, I'm going to see what I can do. And so she went back and I think she was doing her own research. And she found this amazing organization, Days for Girls International. And immediately she connected me to that organization. 
So the days for girls, they were able to give me the training uh, on everything that we talk about, you know, the, the, the health education, uh, menstrual cycle, puberty, self-defense, everything. And I was also shown how to sew, how to make the pads. And actually I was trained in Uganda, the neighboring country. And that was my first time to go outside Kenya. But the most challenging part is that I was not able to sew on the sewing machine because I believe, I believe each one of us, they have a talent and a passion and, and a path. But I really struggled and tried and I came to realize, oh gosh, this is not really my thing to sew. But I'm so good in talking and training. And then I said, I'm going to empower the women in my village. They can sew the pads, the washable pads now, and I can go out there to bring the education. And that is exactly how it unfolded. And here we are. I think it's it's pretty amazing when you know you know your mission and your purpose and doors open and the path unfolds and you're able to take a dream and it gets multiplied and enhanced and it expands. And I feel like that's one, one way that you know you are, you are doing the work you're meant to do. What do you do when there is trouble, when you feel roadblocks, when there is hard times? How do you stay motivated? Well, that's a very good question, actually, because each one of us, we have those moments, you know, you have those moments, sometimes we are down, sometimes you feel challenged, sometimes you feel like you are giving up. And I always say those are very important moments in life, you know, because in every situation, there is a lesson that you get to learn out of those moments. But I always find my inspiration, one of the biggest inspiration, it's my past story. I all the time think about the past. When I feel down, when I feel like giving up, I remember where I've come from. And I want to think many times I think, if I didn't start this step from the beginning, and if I didn't get you know encouragement, especially from my mom, where would I be? And how many more would have suffered? And then I'm thinking, hmm, no matter how tough it gets, I wanna rise and be the toughest. I wanna keep moving. Another inspiration, I would say, honestly, I love all the quotes from Mother Teresa about service. Mm. I read them many times. Yes. And there is this one that says that you may think whatever you are doing is just like a drop, like a drop in the ocean. And then she said, if that drop was not there, the ocean would not exist. So I feel so inspired. It doesn't matter the capacity at which I'm making an impact. It could be you just talk to one girl or thousand girls. But the truth is there is an impact you've made in this one person. And because of that one person, there is ripple effects. And at the end of the day, you find that you're really reaching out and touching so many people. Another source of my inspiration is that I always like finding my quiet time. You know, a time just to meditate and just a moment of a quiet time, like silence time, like taking a break from yes. everything and just relaxing and regaining my energy and strength back that I'm always not in the run. Sometimes I sit back, I am thinking, I'm reflecting, 
you know, and I get inspired by different people around uh, that I've seen. They are also doing great things. And above all, God has been the biggest inspiration in everything that I do. And I recognize that every day. Yes. 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 That is one thing that stood out to me about my time in Kenya was how glory to God in almost every conversation. Um, I loved the way that God was brought into all of the things and and your complete dependence and understanding that God is in the details and God is in all of it. That That is a very big source of strength. And having those moments of time, instead of just doing, 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 doing all the time, having some moments where you're just being, where you're able to reflect and analyze and contemplate those are all so important. And I love that Mother Teresa has been such an inspiration to you. And and what you say is so true. I feel the power of it when, when you say that. A drop is important. Without drops, there wouldn't be an ocean. And, with, and you never know the ripple effect that your one, your one act of service might, might create. As far as things that happen, the abuse, the We hear of sometimes um, people making women go into prostitution in order to get supplies for periods or women being raped or um, having to do horrible things in order to just live a normal life. Is that still happening in Kenya? And, And other than the education and the sanitary pads, help me understand what we can do to help on that subject i would say that it still happens and it's in many places and that's why we are so much into empowering providing the skills empowering these women and girls and especially the young women in the communities i would say for example uh when we were celebrating the the fifth anniversary we had a moment where just the seamstresses were expressing themselves. And I was so surprised to learn their deep stories. About three of them shared how oh. they were about to commit suicide because of the struggles. Say that one more time. They, they were about to commit suicide, you know? The oh, suicide. Suicide, okay. Suicide. Yes, because of the struggles they were going through without... Um, the support or somebody to help. And when they got a chance to come and work at Milestar, their life started taking a di- different direction and their life started changing because now they can put some food on the table. You know, I believe when a woman is empowered and they have a solution for themselves, that they can become some self-reliant instead of begging all the time, they, they you know, there is that aspect of uplifting them. And they were sharing and shedding tears. And I was like, wow, I didn't realize how much this has brought empowerment, you know, apart just from uh, training the girls and giving this part, giving these women an opportunity to work at the center. And they have conversations, they have fellowships, you know, once in a week, they have conversation where they talk their story together. Sometimes they can share with us. And to see the progress that has taken place and that they feel empowered. And what a woman would say, 
you know, before I would be abused, I didn't have anywhere to go or I didn't have a say because after all, I have nothing. But now I have skills. I can earn some money. I can take care of myself. I can take care of my babies. So that's something that I've really changed the narrative. And, you know, the empowered women, you know, they, they can really do amazing things. And the fact that they have gotten this opportunity. Yeah, so true. Slowly, they are also creating the ripple effect by empowering the other women in the villages in their own ways and then encouraging them, you know, to rise up and go out there and start doing something for themselves. So, but I would say the abuse is still there. And that's why we teach girls a lot of self-defense uh, to be able to know how to go about it when things are happening. Of course, the government has some policies and law that if somebody is caught, you know, uh, violating or defiling, um, you know, then they can be put in uh, behind the bars or they have to pay a lot of money. But still, you will find it it being done somehow because you know somebody knows after all this girl knows nothing or this woman know nothing about law where can they go if something happened to them they are voiceless but now the aspect of empowering them they are coming out now even championing for other girls and women you know out there so i would say that the narrative is changing things are changing and every change comes gradually but i believe after some years, this will be a story of the past because there is the wave of powerful women, even in government now, we have women who have taken leadership position and that is very encouraging. Like in my county, yeah, we yeah. have women in leadership, a governor who is a woman, a senator who is a woman, a woman representative who is still a woman. And so um, I'm so impressed to see now that women are taking spaces also of leadership uh, to try and formulate those policies so that they can be implemented, you know, and, and you know, the change can take its effect. Yes, I love, I love all of that. And one thing that you mentioned earlier is you're also training the boys and the men and helping right. them understand. And I, that is powerful in, its, in and of itself, making the men and the boys allies instead of enemies and mm -hmm. working together in order to stop the abuse and stop the shame and stop the embarrassment and empower these women so that they can go to school on the days that they're on their period so that they can be comfortable even if they're on their period during a national test right so that they they can have that pride of i am important and i am special and i am just as worthy as any other human being on this earth uh, and being a, a girl or a woman doesn't mean I have to play second best to anybody. I right. I am strong and I can do I can do whatever. That is so incredible, so incredible. Thank you. Um, so you're welcome. I love I love also the fact that so when we went to Kenya, we have a Days for Girls program here in America where mm -hmm. I live, and a lot of times our churches will have activities where we make the sanitary pads where we sew them and when we came when we went to kenya we had the option to bring whatever they had sewn that we had access to but we purchased those sanitary pads from you guys that you mm -hmm. had actually made and i love your point that not only are you educating and empowering the girls but you're giving the women 
a way to provide for their families. You're allowing the women to have a skill that makes them self-reliant. And when they become self-reliant, they no longer are in a place of, of abuse and victimhood and they can stand strong and firm in their power. And then they empower others. And this beautiful ripple effect that is happening through you and your, your experience, which was awful, which was horrible that we wouldn't wish on anyone, but that allowed you the strength and the conviction to make a change is mm -hmm. absolutely glorious. Absolutely yeah. incredible. Yeah, thank you. You know, um, when I look sometimes at those women, and as, as I was sharing when we celebrated our fifth anniversary, when they were sharing their story, um, the impact and the change that has taken place is just incredible, you know. And I wish someday you have an opportunity to visit Kenya again, that you just sit and listen to them because they have an amazing story, stories um, that, that are really touching, uh, you know, lives. And I am happy when, because one of them mentioned that, Anytime we're walking here every day and sit down to sew this pad, we are doing it with a lot of passion because we know the lives we are changing out there. And we know when girls are happy out there, when they see their beautiful uh, washable pad, I can always smile from where I'm seated because I know I made it. So it makes them feel very important to be part of such an impact, you know, that is really changing lives. And yeah just to see it's not only for themselves, but they extend the ripple effect to the other women and girls in the village, you know, empowering them and encouraging them, you know, your self-worth and your self-esteem has to be high. You need to be strong. There is no point of yes. somebody taking advantage of you and, you know, and making you feel like you're not worthy or something. Yes, I think that's the the key. Your self-worth has to be high. You have to yeah. love yourself like crazy in yes, order exactly. to Yes, in order to put yourself out there in the world, you do. You have to love yourself like crazy. It's hard to put yourself out there. I imagine the thought of standing in front of hundreds of girls talking about things that are a little bit taboo was a little intimidating in the beginning. Mm -hmm. How did you develop that that self-love? How did you develop that confidence? Well, I would say that everything takes time. And I remember when I was starting, it was not so easy because again of the culture, again, because of the taboo, but every vision you get in your heart, I always believe is so inspired by God. And he give you the grace and strength to maneuver through. And I remember when so I was starting, I would go and people would feel the shame and the embarrassment. What, what was she talking about? But the fact that I also got a lot of love and support from my family, from my mom, you know, it gave me the courage to keep doing what I was doing. And actually one day I say to myself, it's either I keep quiet and these problems continues and I will live a life of guilt because I have an opportunity to change something. I would rather go out there, yes. let me be the voice, and, and I'll be, I will live a happy life. It doesn't matter even if I'm only changing one person. At least I did something. And actually I remember yes. the words of uh, uh, Martin Luther King Jr. who said that if you cannot run, then you walk. And if you cannot walk, then crawl. 
and if you cannot crow, but at least be moving, be doing something, you know, be moving. And those quotes are really always inspire me so much because I say, either way, I must be doing something, you know, I have to get out there and be the voice and be yes. the change. But there was this fire yes. that was burning from within, you know, a certain passion that could not be stopped, you know, and people would think I'm, I'm running crazy because I imagine I failed my exam because of this. And we have girls that passed their exam so well because they had what it needed to use. So I'm gonna bring right. this education and the help out there because I don't want this to happen again. And so I, st I felt the fire all the time. And the moment I walked there to train the girls, I do it with a lot of passion and excitement, making it more fun for them not to feel shame or anything. And anytime I come back home, I sit and I reflect and I always say, I think and I believe I am the most richest girl in the world because of the joy <laughs> that flows in my heart, the fulfillment and the satisfaction after I have done this for them. Oh my goodness. That is the joy that I carry along. I'm, I'm always happy to it. do I feel it in as you're speaking. I feel that joy and it it just it almost brings tears to your eyes because it is so genuine and true and pure. So I my business is called the mind body spirit trifecta. The the trifecta is the three things that make us human. We have a mind, we have a body, we have a spirit. And as I listen to you speak, I understand how powerfully you are accessing your spirit. Our spirits have the need to contribute to connect and to grow. And you felt that calling inside and you listened. And every one of us on this planet has a calling inside. Every single human being on this earth has a mission that they are here to perform and to be able to access our spirit enough to hear the call, enough to listen to that voice inside that says, this is a problem and I could, I could do something about it. Mm -hmm. That is what this whole Design for Greatness podcast cast is about. It's about helping people embrace their greatness, know that they have gifts and strengths and talents and experiences that they have been blessed with that will enable them to go and serve this world in some way where they feel called. And you are just an absolute incredible example of that. Um, and I'm just so grateful for the chance to introduce you to the world. Everyone needs to know what Alice Wambai is doing. Everyone needs to know because we need to follow your example and we need to stand up and we need to say no more. I can do something about this and I will. So thank you for that. Um, if any of my listeners would like to help or or donate or do something in some way to help the Days for Girls program, uh, either locally or internationally or specifically in Kenya, is there a way that, that they can reach out? Yeah, um, thank you for that. I actually want to say that the impacts we've been able to make, I shared of 82,000 uh, uh, 82, girls and women that we've been able to reach and about 43,000 boys and men we have not been able to do this ourselves. It's because of the love, the global love from friends across the world. Some of these friends I've never met, you know, some see the staffs on Facebook, 
you know, because we share a lot about what we do. And I'm telling you people, including you, Candice and YouthLink, you partnered with us, you know, again, to be part of this success. You purchased those hygiene kits. And as I said earlier, the moment people donate money for girls, you know, they donate and we will take those parts to girls. And these women who are making those parts, the moment we purchase the parts from them, you know, it's giving them some economic empowerment, you know, the girls will benefit, these women will benefit. So the more we have more people supporting this mission, donating or making orders with us to purchase the, uh, the hygiene kits, the more we are also keeping these women at work eh, and to help them put food on the table. So I'm so grateful and I just want to encourage all the friends across the world who are listening to this voice, please, you're welcome to come on board. Support Smile Start Days for Girls Enterprise and the mission that we are doing. We have a donation link that is, this, that is attached to the larger Days for Girls International, but the donation link comes directly to our local enterprise here in Kenya. And so I can share with that, uh, with you, Candice, uh, the, the donation yes. link that we have, and it is tax deductible. So, and you can always share it with your friends out there. And apart from that, I also want to say you're welcome to Kenya. You are going to have <laughs> unforgettable experience. You need to come meet us, see the women who are sewing. Let us go out there to reach out to the girls together. And apart from that, visit the amazing Masai Mara National Park. Get to see all those animals and just learn about our culture and the life that we live here in Kenya. Thank you so, so much for this opportunity. Again, just to express and share and you know, getting the message out there. Honestly, Candice, you're a blessing. You're such an angel because it takes a big heart you know, to be willing to share. And this is how we are getting more friends and partners to support what we are doing. It is through getting the word out there. And I also want to say that, yeah. again, our CEO Days for Girls International, Celeste Magens, she wrote a book and it's out now. It's called The Power of Days. When you have a chance again, buy that book because my story is in that book. So if you want a little oh, read wow. again, it is in that book and the book is called The Power of Days. So thank you very much. Yes. Okay, well, I will link in the show notes, I will link to your specific donation um, link and I will link to that book also. I, this has just been such a, a beautiful pleasure for me. And as we wrap up, what is there anything else on your heart that you would like to share with us? Yes, I want to tell everybody who is listening to my voice. There is no empty vessel. We all have something within us that is meant to create a change or an impact in somebody's lives. It doesn't matter under what capacity. And I want to encourage you, never allow anyone to dim off the lights that come from within because you have that light within you and that light is powerful. Let it out, let it illuminate the world and go out there and shine and give yourself a space to be happy and to bring a change in somebody else's life because the most fulfilling and the most happy life, and I'm telling you out of experience, it's anytime you have an opportunity to make somebody else smile. It doesn't matter at what capacity you do it, but you have something within yourself 
that you need to share with your with the world. I love you so much. Keep rising, keep shining. Yes. <laughs> well said. Well said, Alice. Well said. You are designed for greatness and you are doing great things. Thank you so much for being with me today. Thank you. I appreciate it. Wow. Alice Wambai, what a story and what a powerful woman. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you feel as uplifted, touched, and inspired as I have felt throughout our discussion. I hope Alice's interview will create within you a desire to go internal and ask yourself if there is something that you feel called to do. Is there a way you could channel your divine greatness to serve the world and help elevate others? Alice's story of resilience and courage to overcome the patriarchal energy and the barriers of her culture in order to make sure no other woman goes through what she experienced around menstruation, it is absolutely compelling. Alice's quest to end the ignorance and abuse of women, the way she is championing, championing and empowering women and girls to become self-reliant, how she is teaching men and boys, making them allies for stopping the abuse. The way Alice is nurturing and promoting the importance of loving ourselves in order to show up in powerful way in this world. It is all absolutely awesome. To think that one girl who failed her national exams at 12 years old because of abuse and shame around menstruation could grow up and with the help of the Days for Girls program and what she terms global love across the world, well, now she has taught and helped over 80,000 girls and women Wow, it's absolutely phenomenal. Friends, may we all strive to follow Alice's example, using the light within us to help others rise, owning our divine greatness to serve and bless this world. If you would like some help toward landing in that place of self-belief and love that is critical, if you are going to put yourself out there in the world, the first thing you need to do is manage your thoughts and eliminate the negative self-talk. I am excited to give you one simple brain hack that will take your self-talk from crappy to happy. The link to this free video is in the show notes also. And if you would be interested in participating in the type of humanitarian work that I do, the whole reason that I was able to meet Alice, I will also link to YouthLink in the show notes as well. This is an incredible organization that I am so happy to be a part of. I am passionate about empowering others to live into their divine power and purpose. Alice is such a shining example of what this truly looks like in the world. May we all use our greatness to bless others. You are designed for greatness.